Hello everybody, welcome to the Daily Sip. My name is Oliver, my mission is to bring you closer to organic Japanese green tea and today we're gonna dive into five highly caffeinated teas. So today we're gonna go a little bit broader in terms of teas, so I will brew during this session five teas. I hope I can make it below 30 minutes, but let's see um, where the time guides us. So today topic is really caffeinated teas and if you're looking for your morning routine and uh, have a little bit this pick-me-up and which teas actually you could go for doing this. So we're gonna dive into directly into the first one. First one is Gyokuro. Gyokuro actually is a highly caffeinated green tea and it is actually a leaf tea. So um, the reason why this tea is uh, so high in caffeine is also with together with the matcha this tea is shaded the longest. When we talk about shading, this means the end of uh, the process or the growing process of the tea plant. So um, what we are talking about is really just the last days until the harvest. The tea plant is actually covered with a nylon net nowadays. In early times these were rice mats, but nowadays we we'll talk about this kabuse, so it's a black or dark nylon net. Maybe I've already seen them in some other videos. Um, and these uh, are often uh, layered on top of each other. For example, Mr. Sakamoto, who produces the Gyokuro, um, he uses three layers in the end. So he starts with one layer in the first day, he goes after one week, seven days, he goes to two layers, then he leaves it again for one week, and then in the last week, he really does it with three layers so that no light is going through. And this then uh, makes actually this um, process of the tea plant absorbing more nutrients, producing more caffeine, producing more chlorophyll as the tea plant tries to absorb the maximum amount of light from uh, the sun and as it is covered it just produces more chlorophyll to be able to absorb even more and also to protect itself because it's kind of a stressful situation and that's why um, Gyokuro, the longer shaded tea together with matcha, um, is actually the highest in caffeine due to this effect. So when we talk about 5 grams of Gyokuro then we talk about 120 to even up to 140 grams uh, or milligrams of caffeine. So we are here at a level of nearly a double espresso. So you can uh, imagine that this tea is very very high and very strong and very potent when it comes to caffeine. But what is good about green tea is that actually thanks to the shading also a secondary process is uh, relevant when you um, enjoy your green teas. This is uh, the topic around the amino acids. So the tea plant actually itself produces quite a fair amount of amino acids um, and especially L-theanine. L-theanine has the positive effect as it uh, breaks through the blood-brain barrier. It can actually uh, have a calming effect and it does have a calming effect on your brain. It can uh, be also on anti-stressing or it helps against stress. So calming your mind, making you more relaxed. Maybe you have already read certain articles about green tea, which we are claiming that, and this mainly is it's a referral to the L-theanine. And the L-theanine actually, due, due to the shading process, is not transformed to catechins, which are more the more stringent particles in the tea plant, so making the tea smoother, bolder, sweeter, 
and also the L-theanine buffers out the caffeine so this higher amount of caffeine is a little bit buffered and prolongs therefore the effect of the caffeine no absorption or less absorption through the stomach which is the case with caffeine with coffee or the caffeine from coffee where you sometimes have a little bit this jittery or maybe a little bit this nervous effect you might know and uh, here um, we are uh, diving into the world uh, of this nice balance between the caffeine releasing not in the stomach but in the intestines and therefore having a prolonged effect and also have a smoother effect. So you don't have this rush directly of the caffeine so it mounts a little bit slower but prolongs the effect of the caffeine. So this is quite a nice and decent um, effect of Gyokuro but now let's go into the brewing as I was already talking five minutes. So we take five grams um, of this uh, tea, oh, which I didn't show you. So let's try and I try again to show you this tea. So what is typical for Gyokuro and you can see it, it's a dark needle shaped. So we have very nice long needles of this tea. This is a Yabukita Gyokuro, so from the Yabukita cultivar. And you see these really dark leaves, nearly no white or kind of light particles. This is very well sorted out. So only the top four leaves, top five leaves. Some farmers even only take the top three leaves. So you can see a very dark, very beautiful, very well sorted tea. And this is something that the Japanese tea consumer, in terms of beauty of the tea, appreciates and uh, what we also do for this tea is that we actually do um, only brew it with 60 degrees celsius which is 140 fahrenheit and we do this during two minutes this is the tea which needs especially in the first brewing the longest time when we talk about brewing time then we are talking about normally with normal japanese green tea we talk about one minute here we really need two minutes so it's better to go to two minutes some some descriptions also say you go up at two three minutes so it needs a little bit of a longer infusions. The reason is that, as I've shown you before, there are these beautiful needle shapes, very tightly rolled. And that's the reason why this tea needs a little bit more of infusion, needs a little bit longer to release its flavor. If you pour it too fast, then you might have a little bit of a weaker flavor. And that's why here with this tea, we go a little bit longer. In this case, as I said before, it is a Yabukita cultivar. So Yabukita is the most typical green tea cultivar existing among Japan. So this tea cultivar, green tea type, is grown from the south to the northern parts, which is Shizuoka closing in into Tokyo. So this is a little bit the region or the, um, the area where tea green, or green tea is grown in Japan and therefore here um, we're using a Yabukita to just also um, see how this cultivar can develop under these circumstances by being long shaded. Here we talk about 21 days and um, here we talk about the single cultivar grown in the region of uh, or in uh, Shibushi with, which is very close to Kagoshima. So now I think we can go for it and have a look at this brewing. So let's put it here and pour it slowly. So you see 
I also used a little bit less water, so you really can concentrate the gyokuro or when people also drink. Sometimes you even get uh, teapots which are sm very, very small. This one, in comparison, for example, to my Fukamushi teapot, you see I use a little bit of a smaller one. It is not necessary. You can just use a little bit less water if you want the tea a little bit stronger. And what you can see is um, that here with this brewing, we are a little bit in the green spectrum, but there's also a nice golden color to this. So it's not an intense green color, which you might have seen already for a Japanese green tea, which is then the deep steamed tea. But here we have a more of a golden and beautiful color. What you have a little bit with the Gyokuro in general is that you have a little bit of a cloudy liquor. So there can be um, green teas, especially essentials, which are quite clear. But here, due to the high amount of amino acid, it's a little bit more cloudy. So it's a little bit denser in terms of um, the brewing. So also in terms of taste profile. We really get a super dense, but sweet, kind of, there's a lot of fruit in this uh, brewing, but it also has this a little bit savory umami flavor profile, which is very typical for Japanese green tea and a sought after taste profile, especially with gyokuro. So it's kind of starts off with this nice sweetness. I got a little bit of here with the yabukita. It's a little bit of a lighter sweetness in terms of that it goes a little bit more. I can even get a little bit of Granny Smith apple. I have a little bit of pear, but then there's a very, very beautiful smoothness, which I would situate in the taste spectrum of a peach. So it's a very nice kind of um, a little bit um, greener and a little bit smoother kind of fruit taste. Sometimes when you go for gyokuro, it can be very heavy on this note of uh, umami. Here, I didn't brew it that long and the umami flavor didn't develop that strongly. So I get a, actually a very, very nice so kind of sweet tea. What you don't have too much are these typical vegetal notes. And this is something which is not typical for gyokuro. So here, very round, very soft. The liquor is a little bit more dense, so it glides very smooth over your tongue. So a very, very nice kind of soft, sweet, but also savory uh, flavor profile. Some tea, sometimes people refer to a little bit of a marine, a little bit slightly seaweedy profile, but it's, it's very complex and it's never kind of this strong kind of um, um, seaweedy taste profile. It's, still always with a hint of sweetness with it. Super interesting, super complex. But as I said, the gyokuro, when well done, has a very nice balance also between these more fruity notes and then going over into this more savory umami flavor profile. So this was tea number one. The number two, obviously, when we talk about high ca highly caffeinated green tea, we cannot miss out on matcha. Matcha is a green tea powder, so here I need a little bit more of utensils to, uh, to make my matcha. On the one hand, I have soaked my chasen in water just for some minutes. So I have the chasen. What you can use instead of a chasen is a milk frother. 
have a sifter to sift the matcha and actually I have the spoon to or some people even have a chashako which is this bamboo spoon. Today I'm not using this. Okay now important is that you when you're looking for a higher caffeinated matcha try to go for the ceremonial grade or high grade premium grade. There's no real kind of one expression for um, the high quality matcha but ceremonial grade is quite a good uh, descriptor which also allows you then to often get quite a decent quality matcha. Good, here I have a Goko matcha. So this is from the Goko cultivar region of Shizuoka from uh, the family farm Osada. And these are now two grams of matcha, which I'm using here. So what you can see is um, this is clearly a powder. So super um, simple in terms of also usage because the good thing about matcha is you can re really use it in, in different uh, ways you can either drink it pure as I'm doing uh, right now or uh, you can use it also for lattes etc etc or you sprinkle it over your cornflakes even so you can use it very in manifold ways. Um, here what you can see is or what is important when you buy a matcha is that there is quite a strong green um, color. So the darker and the more intense green it is the better. As a comparison I brought here uh, a non-ceremonial matcha. So this is a matcha which is actually used for lattes and this is often the matcha color you will see when you go to a coffee and they are preparing you a um, matcha latte. Often in these spaces they're using also a little bit more matcha and they then can bring up the caffeine content a little bit higher. But what is important is that when you're using a ceremonial grade matcha, you have more or less of the double. So we call, we talk about 68 to maybe 70 milligrams of, uh, of uh, caffeine, which is then in your matcha with two grams of matcha tea powder. Here we talk about 40, 35 to 40 with the same amount. So um, the latte grade matcha, how we call it, or also culinary grade matcha is actually um, there uh, a little bit weaker. And uh, this reason comes one hand on that it is used or for latte grade, they're often non-shaded second harvest uh, matches used and often also a little bit of old leaves and sometimes even stems. So all of this brings the caffeine content down. So if you want to have a higher caffeinated uh, matcha, then go for the matcha, uh, which is ceremonial grade. And here we talk about 68 to around 70 milligrams of caffeine. Same as with the Gyokuro, this tea is shaded, similar uh, days, a similar amount of days. This one here is shaded around 20 days. Um, so um, we talk about more or less the same shading process. And here the main difference to Gyokuro is really the taste. Due to the fact that you're actually drinking the whole leaf here, this is um, kind of the main difference is on the one hand it is said that by drinking the leaves you're taking in all of more of the nutrients which are in the leaves and these leaves are really de-stemmed, de -stemmed, So um, this is uh, very uh, unique to matcha you might say 
that here only the best parts of the leaves are used and these are also then for drinking. With the matcha, I um, suggest you to really go for an organic one um, due to the fact that there are no pesticides applied so you will not drink any kind of pesticides. The, the non-organic matches they are well washed but you never can be entirely sure that there's really no pesticides. So with matcha I really highly recommend you to go for organic. So I sifted now these two grams. We can see that um, the powder is now very very fine and this is now needed for having a good mix otherwise we have little crumbs which are developing. I can with the water temperature I can take actually any kind of water you can brew it quite hot you can go up to 80 degrees celsius which is 175 fahrenheit or you can stick here uh, I sticked at 140 with this one here I have also other temperature water which is around 165 Fahrenheit, so 70 degrees Celsius. So here 6 degrees Celsius water which I'm using and then I just whisk it. What is important when you're uh, whisking the matcha and don't use too little otherwise you don't get a nice and decent foam. So you see on top of the of the matcha there's developing a very nice and decent foam. This is often related to the fact that you're using um, you're using actually uh, not enough powder but um, it doesn't have to be because depending on really I have made very very a broad difference or the broad amount of different ceremony grape matches and it really depends a little bit from match to match so the foaming is not a typical quality sign but sometimes when you don't get the foam one reason could be that you're not using enough powder so here um, I used two grams which is around one teaspoon of matcha. Good now we go into the tasting So what you will see and what you will notice with matcha is especially in comparison to gyokuro that you have much more of this intense vegetal fresh spinach edamame flavor profile because you're drinking the whole leaf. So the leaf itself really gives it a kind of a green kick you might say. And then after in the second tone or the second notes then you get in getting this then you're getting this beautiful kind of sweet notes. Here I even get a little bit of freshness with it so I get a little bit of a citrusy slight astringent flavor profile. Especially in the beginning but then this disappears quite quickly, softens the taste of the matcha, brings forth this greener vegetal fresh cut grass notes then going over into a more fruit spectrum but I also get a little bit of nuttiness. So here I get a little bit of cashew nuttiness mixed with a quite a beautiful fruit tones. I try to see a little bit what kind of fruit. I would even say it goes a little bit in, yeah it's definitely going a little bit into banana peel, apricots, so a little bit more of uh, smoothness uh, in terms of taste profile. 
there's even a slight slight hint of sourness with it which makes it also a little bit more refreshing but all in all I would say kind of a, a nice citrusy a little bit of an astringent tone then going over into more of a fresh cut spinachy edamame notes and then in the end it shows a lot of this apricot kind of uh, banana sweetness so sweeter than for example when you go for a typical uh, culinary grade or uh, when you go for a latte grade matcha there often you get a little bit of um, um, kind of these green notes they are in general a little bit more astringent so you have much more freshness with it then you can use um, latte so you can use plant-based milk this is the best because the casein in the cow milk or the dairy milk is actually uh, blocking a little bit the polyphenols so try to go for plant-based milk and here you just have it on this kind of last notes now it really develops nicely into a very sweet and beautiful taste profile which you have just less due to the fact that also with the culinary or latte grade matcha uh, the amounts of amino acid is lower and amino acids together with um, also the essential oils they create this beautiful complex sweet taste spectrum in the end good that was tea number two now let's go over to tea number three and here I have brought a Cabus Essentia. Cabus Essentia is nothing more than actually a, let's say, half-baked gyokuro. Um, what the farmers are doing here with this tea is um, that they shade the tea not as long as uh, gyokuro. Um, when we talk about sencha, often when you go in the world of sencha, the teas are either not shaded or only slightly shaded. Cabus sencha is a prolonged sencha shading. So um, when we are looking into the world of uh, Cabus sencha, often I hear about 12 to 14 to 15 days um, when we talk about uh, Cabus sencha. Meanwhile, when we go into the sencha world, there can also be slightly shaded sencha, senchas, they tend to be between seven and ten days so there there's just a prolonged shading applied so it makes the tea or should the tea make the tea a little bit sweeter and it should the tea also make it a little bit darker so when we are looking at this tea you can see now i had uh, used a little bit the end of the pack that's why there's a little bit more um, of dust but in, in general you see also similar to a gyokuro very dark leaves a little bit more of a lighter green uh, so some lighter green parts which are in this tea, but in general this tea um, is kind of an amine between or gets gets close to Gyokuro, but it's not as shiny and it has a little bit more of brighter particles in it. Then in terms of brewing, here we are at one minute. This one is not as tightly rolled um, as the Gyokuro. So I can just brew it for one minute. Here now, um, in comparison to the Gyokuro, where I really try to push out the sweetness, here I'd like to have the little bit more this greener and a little bit more refreshing parts of this tea. So I, uh, I used also 70 degrees Celsius water. So I went up 10 degrees um, in terms of Celsius, or I went up from 140 Fahrenheit to 165 Fahrenheit. So, giving it a little bit more um, of uh, 
of temperature then releases a little bit more these uh, greener parts but it's still a very sweet and very beautiful tea this we'll see now then i'll just grab my glass and we're gonna wait for some seconds more so this is also a goko so it's also a goko kabus essentia also from the goko cultivar which is often also used uh, for gyokuro because it's a quite a smooth and quite a sweet cultivar bringing in a little bit of vegetal notes bringing in also a little bit of astringency and uh, but um, is uh, broadly used as uh, kabus essentia or also gyokuro cultivar so then let's brew this and pour this Voilà. We can put this back here. In terms of the brewing, what you can see is actually um, this tea is quite similar to the gyokuro as uh, we saw before. There are a little bit more of particles in. It was also a little bit more brittle, so I expected to give it a little bit more of color, but in general, quite similar to uh, gyokuro. Let's have a smell of the leaves. Yeah. When we compare this, for example, now with the Gyokuro, which I have here, when I smell the leaves of the Gyokuro, I, got a I get a lot of kind of this sweet corn. I got also a little bit of this marine notes, which is quite interesting. And this is due to the fact that the theanine is very high. Where the theanine is a little bit lower, I directly get a little bit more of this fresher, grassier tones with it. So this is the main difference here also in terms of just tasting the tea or smelling the tea and now i can put also the chasen away which i don't need anymore good now full concentration on this one here mm -hmm. what's super interesting directly i see the difference to uh, the gyokuro is that i have much more of these greener tones while I was a little bit missing or I couldn't find this green, fresher tones in the Gyokuro, here I can find it directly. There's a little bit more of this, of this fresher tones, but then there's quite a nice sweetness coming in, in into this tea. I get a little bit of this sweet corn. This is typical. So when you have a shaded um, um, shaded sencha, for example, you get quite a nice kind of a little bit this vegetal notes, but then you have also very nice uh, sweet corn flavor profile. This is something which is very, very strongly linked to the umami flavor profile. So the flavor or the kind of the receptors on top at the back of your tongue. And uh, this then shows really um, when this is a little bit, so when you get this a little bit more sweet corn and a little bit more savory flavors, and for me this savory and sweet corn or the sweet, the taste of sweet corn reminds me the closest to umami because it's not a typical taste which you can refer to something special and it's used uh, quite broadly in the uh, Japanese cuisine. But me personally, what I see the most is actually that it is 
kind of sweet corn, but without the strong cereal flavor profile of the corn. So it really stays a little bit in this sweeter, sugary, but still bringing a little bit this, um, this typical taste profile of the sweet corn or canned sweet corn with it. So this is something I get and it is kind of a nicer balance if you're looking for something which is a little bit more refreshing, a little bit more in the realm of uh, this um, spinachy flavor profiles. It's never as strong as the matcha which I had before but actually it uh, shows itself um, quite nicely in this nice balance of this a little bit more fresh cut spinachy tones together with this nice sweet corn. And this is typical then for uh, the cabose, especially when you compare then a cabose to a normal sencha, which I will do right now, is actually that the normal sencha shows itself a little bit more on this uh, on this fresh greener notes, a little bit this more sp fresh spinachy notes, and maybe a little bit of citrusy notes. Meanwhile, the cabose sencha takes a little bit, a small hint of this um, greener notes, a little bit fresh spinach notes, and moves in to the spectrum of this sweet corn. And even let me get a little bit of fruit here. and it's very smooth. So it doesn't show me. Yeah, it's very nice. It's, it has very, very much this a little bit more um, greener, fresh spinach notes. And then it shows me a little bit of more kind of lighter, not strongly sweet tones in terms of uh, the fruit spectrum. So I get a little bit of a ripe, um, Kind of these golden apples. Um, I get a little bit maybe of gala apples if you uh, know them. So they're a little bit more these sweeter apples but still not as sweet as for example mango, pineapple which I get for example from deep steam tea. So it gets a little bit more into this taste spectrum and which I get now from this tea, uh, which is a typical Cabos Essentia. They are Cabos Essentia, which then push a little bit more in the spectrum of this deeper sweetness, but here I get definitely a little bit more of a fresher sweetness. I leave a little bit in just to maybe make a comparison with the next tea, and the next one is Sencha Full Stop. So what we're gonna dive into is a typical Sencha. So this one here is a Shizuoka Sencha coming from the region of Shizuoka, from the family Osada. And what you can see, so this is an unshaded sencha, and you can see that the tea color is even now a little bit lighter. And this is a mountain tea, well, for a mountain tea, to be called in Japan, you have to be 400 meters above sea level. Um, so this is a mountain region, quite a rocky region. Um, so a little bit more of mineralistic or kind of a mineral um, soil terrain where this uh, tea is grown in, which gives this tea, in my opinion, a little bit more of freshness. So the, this is tea which is quite going into a little bit more of a refreshing citrusy tones, but let's have a look at it. Also here, I will use the same amount of time. So we go with the 70 degrees Celsius, we go for one minute.
leave this in, take our glass, um, good. So as I said before, unshaded Sancha, um, it is um, more or less de-stemmed, so you could see that the tea itself was quite dark in terms of this pure green color. It's not a stem tea, so there are no stems mixed in. It's also a little bit of a higher quality unshaded sencha in terms of that there are really no other parts in than just the leaves themselves. Um, but uh, this is now a very typical or standard grown sencha which we have here. Um, Voila, let's just wait for some seconds more and then um, you can see I don't have to tell you too much. It's a very typical uh, green tea, um, just sencha for the ones who don't know, it's around 70% of all the, all the tea harvest in Japan, so it's quite typical tea. And we see clearly a very light and golden color. So this is a typical color. I would say this is the typical Sencha color. And you can see that also, yeah, you don't see that much anymore because I drank nearly everything, but this one here is definitely less uh, cloudy, or more cloudy, sorry, and this one is a little bit brighter. Um, and for example, when you compare now to the Gyokuro as well, so you can see the Gyokuro is a little bit more milky and this here is much, much clearer brewing. So uh, this is typical for Sencha that it shows quite a clear brewing, um, very beautiful in terms of just aesthetics, it kind of, it's, it's this shiny green with mixed with a golden color. What you have a little bit, and this is also typical when you have a standard sencha, which is not grown, not shade grown, not deep steamed or anything, is that you have a slight higher dryness. So it's a little bit more, it seems to me that there are a little bit more of tannins in this tea, which makes it a little bit drier on the top of the tongue. It is a little bit more drifting from uh, fresh cut grass note or kind of this more spinachy and fresh spinach notes moving into a little bit more of a hayish hay tone and just in terms of perception the the liquor doesn't seem dense so smooth it's a little bit more liquid um, it's a little bit um, nearly shyer in uh, your palate and in my opinion doesn't have that much complexity but it's all in all a very nice smooth tea. Um, I expect this tea to show a little bit more of citrusy notes, especially in the second brewing. Also get it now already, so this a little bit drier notes show me that there's a little bit less theanine um, in this tea, so a little bit less of amino acids, so the catechin amounts are a little bit higher, making this tea a little bit more um, a little bit more drier in, a, in, the, in the sensation in the mouth and um, don't show that much of these typical fruity or sweet notes, which you have much less with the unshaded sencha. So it stays a little bit more in this uh, greener notes, but mixing in a little bit of a hay taste profile. Personally, I'm so-so with the unshaded sencha. I am a big fan of a more of the fruity and the sweeter notes, but if you want to have a kind of a refreshing 
notes, which doesn't drift off, which doesn't drift off into this sweet, maybe sometimes savory and maybe a little bit seaweedy notes, which you don't like, then the unshaded sencha could absolutely something be for you. So yeah, definitely a very different tea to the one I had before, just comparing it now. Mm -hmm. It's very different with the Cabo Sessentia. In comparison, your Cabo Sessentia is a little bit more of a denser liquor. It glides a little bit smoother on the tongue. It shows directly this smooth and sweet um, flavor profiles after um, uh, kind of this slight introduction through um, the more spinachy notes. And here definitely. Well, there is a kind of a nice kind of... Uh, and nearly get a little bit of sunflower seed, so which is actually nice. But there's not a lot of, yeah, I get also a little bit more floral notes. That's actually quite interesting. So you can see I don't drink this tea that often. So this is also a difference. So while we are in the in the Cabus Essentia, you get a little bit more of these sweet fruit notes. Meanwhile, the Sencha, which is unshaded, can show a little bit more of floral notes. So that's actually quite interesting. It nearly drifts a little bit off into oolong, but not not very much. Not very much. So if you have ever have had oolong, then it's nothing to compare to that. But there's just a hint of a floral note, which comes a little bit more with these refreshing notes. So quite interesting as well. So um, then I learned something new. So in comparison to these two teas, the one a little bit more on the fruity spectrum, the, the other a little bit more citrusy, fresh, a little bit drier, but with a hint of a floral note. Good. So, and then we go into the last one, and this is the Fukamushi Sencha or Fukamushi tea. Maybe you have already heard of, me personally, big fan of these teas. Um, so I'm a little bit biased. So this is now uh, the Samidori Sencha of Mr. Henta from the region of Kirishima. So in the south of Japan, and what you can see is this tea is typically brittle. So um, what actually is the difference to normal sencha? Also already this one is shaded around seven to eight days. And on the other hand, it is longer steamed. So you might know that after harvesting, you have to put the teas either in a, in a pan firing or you have to put them in a steam bath. Pan firing is more Chinese. Steam bath is more Japanese and here what they do is that they put them in the steam bath and they instead of 30 to 45 seconds they go to one to one and a half minutes of steaming of the tea leaves which makes them a little bit softer, breaks down the cell membranes a little bit more, then makes the tea a little bit more brittle but makes it also sweeter. And the Samidori itself is already quite a sweet tea. So um, here um, we are taking a tea which is already sweet and it was made even sweeter. So here I'm expecting to get a lot of this um, sweet um, fruit notes with this tea. And uh, what is also beautiful about this tea is that you can actually brew it only for 45 seconds. And then um, you already have a very beautiful brew. And you will see also in terms of colors, it will be very different to what you saw from the Sencha before. Good, just let it in for 15 seconds more and then we're gonna um, brew, we're gonna pour this tea.
we do brew it, we pour it now. Good. Three, two, one, and we can go. And what is especially interesting with this tea is the second brewing. So this is number one now. So you can see it's already a little bit more cloudy, not too much in comparison to the Sencha, the unshaded Sencha. And here only 10 seconds, that's enough. So you can make the second brewing. And this is now very typical for the Fukamushi Sencha. You can see the first brewing actually quite a light tea and the second brewing um, is very strong in terms of color. So this is very, very typical for the Fukamushi as we have the smaller particles, especially in the second brewing, they release a very beautiful, intense green color. But in terms of taste, mm. You get a lot of sweetness already in the first one. I still got a little bit of this floral taste from uh, the Sencha of before. But we have a smooth sweetness. There's no citrusy, no strong kind of um, taste profile of these uh, more refreshing tones, but it goes directly into a very, very sweet flavor profile. When we go to the second brewing, it's a little bit more intense. And what's interesting with the Fukamushi teas, actually in the second brewing, it shows a little bit more of these uh, greener tones, a little bit more of these more vegetal tones, fresh spinach tones, but stays still quite sweet. Sometimes this Fukamushi, due to the fact that also with this long steaming, the more stringent par uh, parts of the tea, so the catechins are suppressed and you have a very sweet um, taste profile, then actually it can um, shift a little bit back and show a little bit more refreshing and a little bit more citrusy tones. Meanwhile, the first one is very sweet, very smooth and very fruity. And the second one mm -hmm. shows just a little bit more of refreshing tones, a little bit more of vegetal tones, a little bit more of these fresh spinach tones. So quite interesting, also in terms of shift of flavor perception and flavor profile. And that's why I find this tea also quite interesting due to the fact that you can really have different taste profiles um, from brewing to brewing with this tea. But let me get a little bit more of the fruit notes. Mm. Mm -hmm. I get a little bit of, I get a little bit of apricot, banana peel. Mm. Mm, it's not very, very strong in the mango notes. I was expecting that this tea shows a little bit more mango notes, but it doesn't. So it stays quite smooth in this a uh, little bit more of apricot notes. 
and a soft banana peel, but it's kind of a very decent sweetness. It's, so it's not very, very strong in terms of these taste notes. Um, so it really, really in, in difference, for example, to um, uh, the, the sencha, which I had before, um, the Kabuse sencha, it actually shows a little bit more of um, more softer and sweeter notes. So the other one was drifting off a little bit more in these a little bit more banana peels, a little bit more denser. Here I get a little bit more of lighter, more apricot, a little bit, maybe a little bit of peachy notes. So for me, these are sweet notes, which are a little bit lighter. Meanwhile, the banana peel or banana notes are quite heavy sweet notes and a little bit bolder in their taste profile. In the second brewing, we got definitely more, a little bit of an astringency coming in. So there's a little bit this fresh citrus part, but also still very sweet. And very soft. I get a little bit more of Granny Smith apple notes, but and also showing a little bit more of peach peach notes. A little bit, it's a little bit kind of not a full ripe peach, but the peach which is still nicely edible, but is not in its sweetest stage. I would uh, describe this like that in the second brewing. So in the first brewing, there's softer, there's a little bit more of a finer sweetness with it. Meanwhile, here I got a little bit due to the fact that the tea gets a little bit more fresh and more, a little bit more citrusy. Also on the fruit notes, I get a little bit more fresher fruit notes with it. So this tea also varies a lot and super interesting. So this was this five different teas. I tried to do it in 30 minutes. I needed 45. But um, yeah, these are the highly caffeinated teas, which you can actually use for your morning pickup. I don't know which one actually interests you the most, but maybe let us know in the comments which one you like the most. And um, I'm very happy to assist you if you have any questions about Japanese green tea. Thank you for watching. See you and bye bye.